Here's a preview from this episode. And the message that I got was, you can and you did. See what happens when you don't listen to us. We have to hit you over the head with a two by four, which goes into a whole nother story. But I, that was my spirit team. And so at this point, like I'm crying, I'm just crying and I'm having this dialogue. And then I just took some deep breaths and closed my eyes. And I saw something that really is inexplicable. Beautiful souls, do you have a prayer request or want us to send you healing energy today? Would you like us to be praying for your friend or loved one? If this is you, go to worldslargestprayernetwork.com to submit your prayer request. And while you're there, please sign up to join our team of prayer warriors. The angels say prayer not only opens you to miracles, raises your vibration, and helps you heal, but the more you pray, the more God's presence is felt on earth. Feel your angels' love as they surround you right now, and listen for the positive, loving messages your angels intended specifically for you in today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And friends, today we have a student of mine who went through the Angel Reiki School, who has written her own book, published it through Balboa Press, Kendra Bergman. She is on today. Kendra, welcome to the show. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, really you're appreciate so welcome. It. Yes. Okay, so uh, if there's any kids around, earmuffs here. But the name of your book is You're Not Effing Crazy. And I love the theme of your book. We worked on it all last year together. You were in my mentorship program too. And what I saw within you is you had this message just pouring out of your heart chakra that you, and, and I would say your throat chakra too, that really just needed to get out into this world. Because tell us about this. You really got into this in the earlier 90s, spirituality, yoga, and and you still felt like you were crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. And so I started studying spirituality, but still, whenever you have those moments. And so like, if you listen to your podcast, like an angel story. So you have those moments. And I literally have witnessed miracles that are not even in the book. I mean, but the problem is, is you don't want to talk about them to other people. Even when I've taken spirituality or certification courses in Reiki or angel Reiki, any of those, when I've taken courses, you find that you're like-minded people and you just start testing the waters. Like how much can I share? What can I say where they're not going to think I'm crazy? Right? (laughs) Well, it is not just that. It's not just the sharing, but it's that you're hearing stuff. Like you have always heard your intuition and there was no outlet to talk about it. No, there hasn't been. And it's like humanity is just now awakening. Like it's happening to so many people. And I really feel like, you know, angels and awakening. Like that's what's happening. We're having this spiritual awakening. 
And I want everybody to realize they have those gifts. I mean, that's, that's what I learned from you is that everybody has spiritual gifts, God given gifts, and they really need to embrace them. And so I think that was the thing for me is that I kept putting them, you know, over here, over there in the background. I never wanted to really delve into them and share them with others because I was afraid people would say that I was crazy. Yeah. And, and so when I started working with you, we went through the angel Reiki school together first, and then we started working in mentorship, which is a lot of channeling, a lot of feeling into your energies that are there. And I could just feel like I was saying before within your heart chakra, was just this huge amount of energy of just wanting to serve and to give back and to share this message, which I think is just going to help and touch so many people with your book. When it comes to the process, I loved being, and thank you, like thank you for letting me be part of this process because it was incredible to watch at the beginning of the year when we started working in mentorship together and you were like, this is on my heart. You're right, Julie. I've got to get this message out, but I don't know how to do it. So we work together. Every yeah, I have no idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. If it weren't for you, I don't think this would have come to fruition because that mentorship program, that is what guided me through the whole thing, really. Or if it did come to fruition, it might've been 10 years instead of, you know, one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting and spirit just wants to bring through this message to everybody today because what ended up happening is... I think your egoic mind was maybe telling you this has to be bigger. This has to be a big book. It has to be robust. And you got to a point and spirit was like, it's done. Like you have written everything that you need to say in this topic. And not every book has to be 200 pages. This is like 71 pages of just the most heartfelt like content that really is succinct and really helps you profoundly open up to your own intuition. And I was just so proud of you for getting to that point where you're like, okay, I can do this. And, and you went out and you got a publisher. Yeah, that was, I don't even know how that happened. Well, it's, it's Balboa Press is a division of Hay House. Yeah. And so how that happened was, you know, if you were going to have like for this type of book, my dream publisher, who would it be? Because we were talking about soliciting the manuscript and putting it out there to various publishers to see if anyone would pick it up. And one day, and this is, you know, it's like those angel stories, Julie, one day I was searching the internet and I was like, okay, let's see, you know, what Hay House Publishing and this Balboa Press came up. And it is um, a self-publishing type of uh, publisher that you go through, but it's a division of Hay House. And so that said so much to me. And I literally just scheduled a phone call, like consulting, like, here's what, you know, we're about. I scheduled a phone call and a 20 minute call is what it was supposed to be. An hour and a half later, I had a contract coming through that they were my publisher. And I was literally on my way to leave to the airport to go to my daughter-in-law's baby shower. And so I I was like, uh, my hair is still wet because the phone call went like four times as long as it was supposed to, but it happened. It, and that's how God works. That's how spirit works. Spirit just makes things happen. Yes. So you have some angel stories too of how oh, yeah. you really kind of came into your own intuition. I want you to kind of take it away and share some of those. 
Oh, Julie, there are so many. I know. (laughs) Where is spirit leading you? Okay. So it's over here. So the most, I guess, recent awakening happened when my dad passed in 2018. And, you know, I knew he was there because I'd felt loved ones and ancestors before. So I'm, and my sister had passed many years ago and I talked to her, she's here with me. And I find that she kind of weaves in and out of my awareness. That's okay. Like for a while, it took me a difficult hurdle to get over that. Cause I kept questioning it. Like, where did you go? Kim, where did you go? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you here? Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. And I finally got the message of I'm here. You just don't need me right here. And it doesn't really make sense, but it did. It did make sense. So then anyway, after my dad passed, I started just hearing him talk to me. And it was almost like he was just over here. Like he's always over here over the right shoulder in my right ear. And it's always like he's there and silly things. Like I had something that was my dad's that I, my son wanted to purchase. And my dad was like, no, give it to him. And I'm thinking, okay, this is just me thinking this. And this was back like shortly after my dad passed. And I'm like, no. And I literally, I just kept hearing it. No, it's a gift. Give it to him. It's a gift. And so finally I just said, okay, this gift is, is for you. Grandpa says like, this is for you. And so, I mean, that's just one example. And then I do share quite a few things that have happened in the book, but there's just been so many stories. I mean, so the book kind of started building when I had a near-death experience and I was in the hospital and I had been in ICU. I mean, I, I did long, literally near-death experience. And so once I had been, I guess my care had been downgraded. So I was moved into different levels of the hospital. I got to acute care. And my nurse, Gabby, was phenomenal. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was under her care for three days. And every day she would say, you should meditate. And I didn't know her from before. So I kind of took that into consideration because one of the things that kept happening is this near-death experience, I went into septic shock literally out of nowhere. Like I was fine. And then an hour later, I was laying on my bathroom floor. Like we, the doctors don't know. They were all baffled. They don't know how this happened. And it's, it's scary. You know, it was scary for my husband. It's scary for me. And we had kind of like, after I got better, we still, every time, you know, I went, I went towards the bathroom. My husband's like, are you okay? Like, because it's like a post-traumatic thing. Yeah. So anyway, I was in the hospital bed and I finally Like everything was quiet. The door was closed. And I'm a yoga teacher and I teach meditation courses. Like I teach meditation classes and I wasn't taking my own advice. So after Gabby said something the third time and three is kind of my number when I know like it's a strong message, I did. I took a moment and I've had visions in meditations before and some that are still inexplicable. And my yoga guru told me, okay, write it down. So I did. I wrote it down in a journal. And so at least I had the, I'm supposed to journal thing already in my head. I closed my eyes and I just asked, what is the message here? Because throughout my life, you know, my sister passing, my dad's had some serious health scares out of nowhere. And then my dad passed. I have found 
that all of these moments where I'm in the hospital looking at my dad in ICU, they're telling us he's never going to be able to speak again. This was one of the miracles. Years later, I was there for my cousin who was experiencing the same thing with her dad. It wasn't that he wasn't going to speak again, but his kidney and liver were failing. And he was the same age my dad was when this happened. And my message to her was basically, it doesn't mean it's over. And my dad recovered from that stroke, like 99%. So, cause that happened in 2005. And so I learned, okay, all of these tragedies, these troubling times, we don't understand why, but I know that there's a message. So anyway, I asked spirit, I'm like, okay, guys, what is the message here? And I heard so loudly, Julie, so loudly, slow down. And I was like, okay, did someone come into the room? I, it was <laughs> so, it, so loud. I look, nope, door's still closed. So I stare at the wall and I just start a dialogue. I'm like, what do you mean? And I heard slow down. And it was very clear. And then I knew it was my spirit team. And I said, I can't, I can't, I can't slow down. I, I had my dad's trust. I was, I was dealing with, I was writing a huge contract proposal for a business that I owned. I was, you know, dealing with helping my mom. I have a wonderful understanding husband. I had, you know, family, nieces, nephew, like there's too much going on. I can't slow down. Where am I supposed to slow down? And the message that I got was, you can and you did see what happens when you don't listen to us. We have to hit you over the head with a two by four, which goes into a whole nother story. But I, that was my spirit team. And so at this point, like I'm crying, I'm just crying and I'm having this dialogue. And then I just took some deep breaths and closed my eyes and I saw something that really is inexplicable. Friends, we'll get right back to the episode here in a second, but here's what I wanted you to know. Spirit has been channeling in this message of we need to be building communities, spiritual communities around the world where people can get together in person more. And so I had a period of a couple of weeks where Spirit was just waking me up in the middle of the night, waking me up, and I began toying with these different ideas of how we can do this. And I think we put together uh, a really amazing concept of how we can build communities around the world. I am looking for volunteers. If you want to build out a community in your area, we're going to be bringing together a group of volunteers who's going to be building a community in their area. And if this is something that you're interested in, and we need people to help in different ways with marketing, actually running a group in their community, and it's not as much work as you would think it would be, maybe a couple hours a week. If this is something that you're interested in, I want you to raise your hand by emailing me over at juliejancis at gmail.com. That's juliejancis at gmail.com. The email address is in the show notes below. Friends, I know that together we can build something very, very special. And I can't wait for you to join in, hear about it, and help with this ginormous, amazing, miraculous volunteer project. 
I think we're going to be putting together an amazing network of souls and not trying to sell anything, just really bringing people together in community. This is just really on my heart right now. So if you want to help, reach out. We'd love to have you as a volunteer. We'd love to help you set up a community in your area. The other thing I just want to say is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everybody who has joined the angel membership, who has booked a session, who's getting certified in the Angel Reiki School. Thank you so much for just supporting the work that we do here. You make this podcast possible and you make it possible for us to do so much great work within the world. And I'm just really, really proud of this community because you have no idea, and I'll talk about it in a future episode, but we are helping the world in many, many different ways. You can also join us over on the free Facebook group, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe on Facebook, where you can learn all about new stuff that we have always going on. Friends, I love you so much. Here we go back into the episode. And I talk about that in the book. So what I saw were my spirit guides who I have met before and they were on this spindle. It was like a four piece spindle and each one of them was on a platform that was at the end of the spindle. And I compare it to that. I think it's the X-Men movies, like Mm -hmm. Professor X. He's wheeled out into this space of oblivion. Like there's nothing there, but you'll see like almost walkways or platforms. And then somebody, so it was spinning so fast. And so I was able to just wait and slow it down. And when it slowed down, I could see one of my spirit guides that I know, you know, over to my right. And I could see them all. And then I could see another one that I knew. And then, oh, I'm sorry, the one I could see one across from me and then one that I knew kind of in front of me and one to the right was just a, like a veil. So at first it took some time for me to put images with them. And then I saw one that was fairly newly introduced to me. I mean, he'd always been there and it's when I call my sarcastic guide because he's like that best friend who in a loving way, of course, says, duh, or you know this. Right. And it's that same like sarcastic tone, but it's all done with love and it's all uplifting. And so I saw him for the first time and I had been like wanting to get a visual image of what the spirit guide looks like, because when you see a veil or you feel an energy next to you, you know that there's is someone from your spirit team. But sometimes as humans, we want to identify it. So do we I want to have a visual image and I also want to attach a name to it. And so then there began this dialogue of, I wanted to know the name of the spirit guide. And we had kind of a back and forth discussion, almost like an argument, but again, all out of love because he's the sarcastic guy. And he basically, we ended up just calling him Jedi Bob because that's how we ended up. So And at least I had an image of him. And so I'm like, fine, I'm just going to call you Jedi Bob. And he's like, okay. Because his point was, it doesn't matter what you call me, which is the same thing about it doesn't matter what we see. If we see an image of our loved one, or if we see a spirit, or if we see an angel, it doesn't matter. We don't have to see it. It could just be like the feeling we don't. And so our human minds are like, I need to attach a name and a face. And his message was, you don't. But the huge message in that meditation from them all was, and that's why they said, you can and you did. 
I had to slow down. They literally put me in the hospital to do nothing but be in the hospital for over a week and out of nowhere. And that was the message. That was the message. You can and you did. You can slow down. You can take stuff off your plate because if all you're focusing on is everyone else around you and you're not taking time for yourself, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. So how have you learned? Because there's a lot of people listening right now who are going very fast and they don't know even what that would look like. So what did that transition process look like for you after your spirit team comes in? Like you have to slow down. Okay, spirit team, I've got the message. Now what happens? Like, how did you actually implement that? Because you're a doer. Like you just have things come in and you just do them. You run hugely successful companies, you know, like you wrote a book, you just do it. Yeah. Um, So, well, I had a great doctor for one. She was also an A-type personality and she guided me through my recovery process. Because when you go into septic shock, your body like shuts down, your organs shut down. Well, I'm an A-type personality and I, I was young. I mean, I'm in my 40s. I was in my 40s at the time and I'm like, I need to get back on my feet and get out there. But the message was, no, you have to figure it out. So my doctor guided me to just put one thing on my plate a day. So instead of the five appointments that I had, it was one appointment. It was one thing a day. So one of the things a day could be like taking the dog to the vet. That was the whole day. The rest of the day, I had to rest. And one of the other messages that I got as I improved was to go and see a Chinese medical practitioner who I had had an acupuncture session from just by coincidence at a yoga retreat. And I got the message, call Serena. So I finally did. And again, this is like months later, we're probably a year into my recovery at this point and still frustrated because we're, because I'm a doer, because I've got all of these things that need to get done. And if I don't do them, who's going to do them? Right. And we all feel like that sometimes. And she said to me, Kendra, remember rest is doing something. Mm -hmm. That was very profound. So We think of rest as we're being lazy. And I just shared this with somebody else who was going through a similar thing. Like they didn't want to lay lay down and rest and they wanted to get up and do the laundry, but their body physically was saying, I don't have that energy. And Serena said, rest is doing something. So I learned that I don't have to be watching TV. I don't have to be meditating or journaling or playing a game. I literally can just be laying there staring out the window which is a challenge for us doers, right? Yep. So I had to get that mentality. The other beautiful thing I would say that I was taught when I took my yoga teacher training courses, my yoga guru and the other yoga teachers there, they talk about it's always a practice. They don't call yoga a yoga perfection. They call it yoga practice. And so in the yoga I studied, there's eight limbs of yoga. So, and one of them is concentration, So I'm not going to go into that here, but it's a practice. And so I think whenever anybody's dieting, when anybody is trying to get on an exercise routine, if they're trying to meditate, if they're, you know, working on their yoga, it's a practice. So slowing down for me became a practice. I am still practicing it because I still get wound up. And then the key was to listen to my body. And so even now, like I love gardening And I'll go and garden for 10 hours in a day. And the next day I can't, I'm too tired to do anything. 
And then I remember, Kendra, it's a practice. But the most important thing is to take the time to be quiet and listen to your spirit team. And that's where I was failing. And it is still a practice, but every day I take, even if it's 30 seconds, I try to take, you know, 10 to 15 minutes every day at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day to just check in. I spend some grateful, I always spend time with a grateful practice. I spend time in prayer and meditation, just, you know, thanking God and, you know, the universe for all I've been blessed with. And then at night, also, I will check in with my body and I'll be like, okay, how do I physically feel? How physically do I feel right now? And I'll just do a full body scan. But if we don't slow down and if we don't take that two, three, five minutes, we won't know what they're saying us. We saying to us, we won't hear our spirit team. We won't sense it. We won't get a feeling. We won't get a knowingness. Yes. Well, it's so funny because as you were saying that, I've never had this happen while I've been in an interview at this house, but a cardinal just flew up and I was like, I couldn't believe it because my you know, eyesight is really bad. So I had to put on my glasses, but there's a cardinal just chilling right outside. As you were telling that story. Julie, I got to tell this story. So you had, I haven't listened to many of your podcasts, to be honest. I've only listened to maybe 10, but one of your podcasts was, there's a sign, like set yourself a sign and put it in your head. And I heard that podcast and I was like, okay, oh my gosh. I said, and I have a sign for my sister, which happened before with us on a reading once where the light came on in your house out of the blue. So this one is my dad. So you said that and it was Christmas time and my mom gave me a Christmas card. And on the Christmas card, it was one of the like female cardinals that's tan with the red head and the male cardinal, which is bright red. I've lived in Arizona my whole life. The only time I had seen a red cardinal was when I was going to yoga teacher training back in 2017, I think. And so This happened, and I put this sign out there at the end of 2021, the same time this all happened where I was really awakening, I think, to what needs to happen in our future. And I saw the Christmas card, and I'm like, okay, this is these are my signs, because it's not something I'm going to see regularly. These are my signs. Pan one, that'll be Kim, my sister. Red one, dad, that'll be you. If I see a cardinal dad, I'm going to know it's you. And when you were telling me that, he was like, I'm right here. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Kendra. Well, and to your point before, I think that you're spot on. It really is a practice. I've been talking to a lot of people about this recently. And I think you also see what your spirit team is trying to show you and tell you message-wise. Because it's like they keep bringing it up again and again and again and again in conversation. And so what's been happening lately and coming through is Spirit saying two different things. One is that spiritual teachers are overwhelming people with so much that there is a potential for some people to step away from spirituality Because they're like, I just can't grasp this. Like you're telling me to do 50 things in one day and I can't do all of the things between like the functional medicine people that you're seeing and 
the healing practitioners and the yoga teachers, you know, all of us together giving people information, they're kind of on overload. So Spirit said, all healers right now, what their job is to break things down, to be very, very practical. And what needs to be focused on is implementation. So how do we actually implement this? And I think it's actually holding people's hands and helping them to find that practice consistently, because that's the other side to this coin. It's not just having a practical practice that you can integrate into your life, but what's the one that you can do every single day? So when spirit comes into my life and they're like, they just, you know, have this thing that they're bringing in and I run with it, that's always where the magic happens. Uh, So yesterday I was on an Instagram live just for everybody listening. If you're not on Instagram, um, follow me over at angel podcast at angel podcast. Every Wednesday, I'm hopping on with a healer on my team and we're just bringing through messages. And uh, yesterday they said, do miracle mornings with Julie every single morning at about 6 a.m. in the membership and help the members every single morning, Monday through Friday, excluding holidays, get into that practice of consistency because a lot of people don't have that consistent piece. And the part that I was referencing before where I was like, everybody keeps saying this, is that they, they're they like, I had a spiritual practice. I was doing it. Everything was going so well. And then I stopped. And then, you know, everything started to fall apart. And I think people are starting to realize that when the consistency is lost, right? Because it's almost like for a lot of people, it's so simple. Like it really couldn't be helping me this much. I'm not doing that much. It's not that big of a deal to have a spiritual practice. But then when it stops, you're like, oh man, maybe that was really working. It is the consistency. It's very, very subtle. But when you stick with it, it works. Yeah, that's just it. Every day. Yeah. Every day I do that. And we do. We get off the track. And that's what ha- That's what led to my near-death experience was because I wasn't taking that continual. I knew it. I knew every day. Sit down for a few minutes, especially in the morning, the quiet times of the morning before you start your day is really the best for me because yeah. once I get going... I'm, it's crazy. Right. And then no matter what happens throughout the day, at least that's done. Mm-hmm. And I also had to realize it doesn't have to be an hour, right? Yeah. You know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes is still worth it. Oh yeah. And it's hugely important to just set your vibration and bring through some messages. It's going to tune you in to what you need to be clued into for that day. Yeah. 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 And raising your vibration. And that's something I talk about in the book too, is that I feel like, again, like we're in this spiritual time of awakening. And if you just take that five or 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the day, we're all raising our vibration. And I think I wrote something in the book because this was coming from my heart. I don't know exactly how it's worded, but the best thing we can do for all of humanity is to take those few minutes and raise our vibration with love and gratitude and get into oneness, 
can you imagine if the whole world just raised their vibration a tiny bit? I mean, they don't have to be some incredible in oneness all day long, every day. Right. Just practice it. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. I think and our world will be a better world, place. Yeah. I think if everyone in the world just took one minute a day, the collective mass of that energy would lead to a seismic shift. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I was going through because I can envision what that would be like. So I love your book. I love the name of it. I love, you know, you're not effing crazy for people who are like Kendra, but I don't know. Like, how do I know if it's me? How do I know if it's my spirit team coming through? How, how do I know that I'm not crazy? What would you say to them? Talk to your friends. Talk to your loved ones. You know, we have to release the fear of judgment. And what I'm finding is, especially when I'm talking to people about, hey, I wrote this book and this is the title of it. And what's it about? It's about to embrace it, to really realize that you're not crazy. So releasing the fear of judgment, right? If you let go of that fear and you're just like, I'm going to talk about this. And I recall a time and that's part of how the book has come about. I know this sounds crazy. That's how I would always start my stories, right? Or I would, I was going to tell some of my friends about an experience and I was like, should I? And then I, I literally said to them, I'm like, okay, you guys love me and you already know I'm crazy. So, and then I went on and I realized I shouldn't be saying I'm crazy because it's not crazy. When you start talking to your friends, you will find yourself surrounded by like-minded people. So if you start with those who you know are like those friends that are with you forever, no matter what you, they, you, you think or you do, right? Sometimes you'll find out that everyone is having these experiences. Yeah. So listen to podcasts, do your research. You know, honestly, your podcast is what led me here. And it was the first podcast I had ever listened to in my life. Talk about crazy. That is crazy, right? I mean, it's weird. It's strange. It's how things happen. We're not crazy. Embrace it. Discover your personal gifts and talk to your friends and loved ones about these stories. And you'll start finding they have them too. If we all start sharing, hey, I see this. I was telling telling a friend of mine uh, what the book was about. And her boyfriend just went off on a whole thing about experiences he's had. And it was somebody, you know, it's amazing how many people we've all had some kind of an experience, but we dismiss them mm-hmm. and embrace it instead and yeah. begin to awareness, right? Eckhart Tolle calls it watching the thoughts, right? Yeah. So it's awareness, being aware of your thoughts and what you're hearing and what you're seeing or feeling. Just open your mind to it. I love it. Oh, you're amazing, Kendra. You. Your book, we're going to put a link below to You're Not Effing Crazy by Kendra Bergman. Where else do you want people to go to find you, Kendra? The book is available on Balboa Press. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at Amazon. Perfect. All my love to you, Kendra. Thank you thank so you. much for all of the love that you're putting out into this world. And thank you for being here on the show. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. 
My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.